Welcome to Rough Drafts, how God writes his love in our stories, a podcast that explores the faith journeys of our friends and neighbors in Burns, Tennessee. Everyone has a story to tell. And in this podcast, we'll hear powerful and inspiring stories of how God works in the ordinary lives of people like you and me. Our stories are unfinished and perfectly imperfect. They're just rough drafts, a glimpse of what is to come because God is still at work, writing plot twists, introducing new characters, and bringing good even from the most challenging circumstances. Join us as we see what God is up to in our stories. Here's your host, Matthew Hyatt. Mother Teresa said, the good you do today may be forgotten anyway. Do good anyway. Give the world the best you have and it may never be enough. Give your best anyway. Uh, That attitude reminds me of today's guest. She is one of the hardest working, kindest people I know. She even came in here with chocolate chip cookies, which makes her my all-time favorite already. She is a cleaner. There's no counting the number of homes she's cleaned, but not just because that's how she made some money, but because that was how she ministered to people. She's cooked. She's loved people. I think she's even cleaned teeth and dogs along the way. Uh, Our guest is always smiling and always serving, and that's one thing I love about her. And one thing a lot of you probably don't know is how many of our older members over the years, she is the reason they were able to enjoy quality of life sometimes in those last years. She's taken care of so many in our nursing homes and assisted living facilities in their own homes. I think she's in those places more often than the doctors most of the time, and I would be happier to see her than I would be the doctor, I think. Uh, But don't get the wrong idea. Uh, Our guest today is not all work and no play. She loves to camp. She loves to play cards. She loves her savior, and we love her. I am really glad to introduce to you my last name mate, Donna Hyatt. Donna, thanks for coming. Thank you. Is this going to be fun or what? I'm very nervous, but I hope it'll be fun, and I hope I don't bore everybody to death with my stories. Uh, I have tons of stories, but this is one that when Matthew asked me that I just felt like I had to share. And you just can't go into a story. You've got to tell a little of the background, so I'll, I'll do that, too. Well, you know, one of the things I love in our Wednesday morning class is uh, sometimes in our prayer time, we'll just turn to you and say, what's the Donna Hyatt story this week? And there's always a good Donna story. I, I try to have one. Like Matthew said, I, I've helped a lot of people, and just funny things happen that just make you laugh or make you cry, and you just like to share them with people. Well, share away, Donna. What's your God story? Okay. Well... As Matthew told you, my name is Donna Hyatt. I'm 76 years old, and I'm proud to be alive every day. I think every day is a blessing. Um, I've been at Burns for about 17 and a half years. Larry and I have. Um, And I'll I'll just tell you that um, I grew up in Tullahoma. Um, We moved there when I was 12 years old. We moved right behind the church that I attended. So if it rain too much or snow too much, we could always put on our galoshes and walk to church. And us and the preacher and his family had church together. But there was a lot of people that lived around the church. So there was always more than just us because nobody wanted to miss church on Sunday morning. So, but to be clear, you didn't walk uphill barefoot both ways. You got no, galoshes. we had galoshes. <laughs> That's an important difference. All right. Um, the story I wanted to share is because of that cup of seeds that Matthew asked us to plant. And um, it just helped me decide that this is just something that I, I, I wanted to share and needed to be told. So to start out, my mom married 
my stepdad, and I was five, and my brother was 10. And as soon as they got married, he adopted us and gave us his last name. Uh, Two years later, my younger brother came, and that made five of us. So right away to me, he was always my daddy. We grew up in a Christian home where going to church, you didn't have to be asked. You just knew where you were going to be Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. Yeah, you're right. I I always hear people talk about being made to go to church. I I don't know that we were made to. It's just what we did. You know, it, it wasn't a question. Right. Our church home was like a family because we were there so much. And then, you know, the Baptist always had tons of committees. So my dad was on like he was in the choir. So we stayed after church on Wednesday night for the choir. We stayed after Sunday night church for deacons meetings. And then there was always the building committee. So while they were in the meetings, us kids at church were not only together in church, but after church. And we formed such a bond. And eight of those kids are still, we're all still such good friends. We talk to each other on the phone. We write real letters to each other. We text. And then when I'm in Tallahoma, the ones that are still there, we get together and we have lunch together and just talk about our lives. So that friendship has lasted 63 years. And I accredit that to the type of upbringing that we had at the church. Um, My mom and dad both worked in the church. They both taught Sunday school classes. My mom was, of course, on the kitchen committee and other duties that I just told about. Um, My dad taught the young married class for years. He loved teaching them. And I just want to say that Um, If you think Matthew's object lessons are weird and strange, my dad was doing them 30 years before Matthew was even thought about. So on Sunday... I I wasn't thought about. I was an accident. (laughs) So just keep that in mind. So on Sunday mornings, he might come out to the car with a fishing pole or his galoshes or a fishing net or whatever in a paper sack. And my mom would look at him and go, Stella, it's about fishers of men. And so, you know, he always had a theme going on. And sometimes when I visited the church, when I go back to Tullahoma and I visit, there are still some people that were in his class, and they come up to me and say, we loved your daddy. And I still remember some of those object lessons. I might not remember everything he taught, but I remember those object lessons. And I appreciate them, too. Um, My dad retired early at 57. And as you know, I told you he was always in service of the church. Well, him and mom started being lay missionaries, and they went to England and did a, a couple of teaching classes there. And then the people that they stayed with over there came to America, and they stayed at my mom and dad's house, and they took them to church and showed them around. Um, my mom passed away at 68, and daddy went on to work for the Baptist Home Mission Board in different capacities. And he also um, went to Venezuela several times. He learned Spanish in his 70s so he could communicate with them. Oh, that's so cool. When I would call him, he would only talk to me in Spanish. And of course, I had no idea what he was saying. And then when I would visit him in Tullahoma, he had papers 
pinned to all the everything in the house with the Spanish word for it. So that's kind of how he helped him learn Spanish. Um, after my mom passed away several years, he married Anne, who was already doing missions, and she was doing the jail ministry in Winchester, Tennessee. She'd done it for several years. So after they uh, married, they went to really the foreign mission board for the Baptist Foreign Mission Board and the, as volunteer missionaries. And they were in several different countries. I know they were at the tsunami after it happened. They were at Ground Zero doing chaplaincy work after 9-11. Really? And wow. they also worked disaster relief. Yeah. Daddy had his chainsaw. Or sometimes he would just be there and he would keep the kids busy while the parents worked with things, the ones that had to bring their kids. And Ad would help cook meals. They would do whatever was needed. And um, I get the idea the apple didn't fall far from the tree here because everything you just described sounds like you to me. Well, I had a good teacher. You did. (laughs) So from his retirement at 57 till the age of 89, my dad was always a full-time servant of the Lord in some capacity. And unfortunately, he went into the VA hospital to the Alzheimer's unit at the age of 91. It was a devastating to all of us because he had been so active. When I'd go to visit him, I was he was always glad to see me, but he never knew who I was. Sometimes he would say, you look really familiar to me. So who are you? And I'd always tell him, and I'd always call him Daddy. And I'd sit with him, and I would tell him stories of all the things he taught me, how to fish. So for my 16th birthday, you know, and I wasn't really a girly girl. I liked to play football and baseball and all that. But he bought me a fishing pole, a spinning reel, because I'd always had a cane pole. And so we'd go fishing a lot. And then he taught me how to water ski. And I would talk about the camping trips that we went on and all the state parks that we'd stayed in. But I never could shake a memory loose. He could never remember anything. I could never tell him anything that would light up his eyes. Even though he was interested, he never had a recognition of anything I was telling him. Well, I've always believed in God things. So every time I went to visit him the first thing I would say was hi daddy what have you been doing this week and his answer was always the same I've been knocking on doors and telling people about Jesus my dad served the Lord his whole Christian life and I believe this was the last blessing that God bestowed on him would I have loved my dad to know who I was this last year? Yes. Would I trade it for what he did remember? No. That was my dad's legacy, knocking on doors, sharing Jesus. Oh my, the seeds he planted his his whole life. And I believe that those seeds that he planted are now planting seeds of their own. So did So did I grow up in the Church of Christ? No. Did I grow up in a church of Christ? Yes, I did. And it preached God's word. The teachers taught us not only God's words, 
but they taught us his love. They taught us his service. They taught us his kindness. We learned respect for each other. And I think that's why the friendship of those eight kids that I grew up with in my home church is a testament of the things that we were taught and we learned in the church. I love Burns Church. I am so proud of all the different things we do to serve our community and the seeds I know we're planting. So whether you're young or old, there's a place for anyone who has a little time or a lot of time to join in and serve God. Man. Donna, that's beautiful. I wish I'd known your dad. I mean, you brought him to the office one time and we met, and I thoroughly enjoyed that. That was a cool day over in the White Building. Mm -hmm. I, I'll, I'll never I remember that. that. Um, you know, those diseases of memory are so hard. And I think through our church, um, I think about Miss Shirley. Um, I think about uh, Marilyn, Fritz's, Fritz's wife. Mm -hmm. um, I think about Harriet now. That one hurts me a lot. Um, a couple months ago, she couldn't call my name. And I've known her for, well, I was probably 13 when I met her. Mm -hmm. And I'm almost 40. Um, and I know it's that much harder for, for Mary Beth and, and Jim and Keith and James. Um, um, but what you just described was an incredible gift of God. The memory failed of some things that mattered a lot, but it didn't fail of the things that mattered most. That's right. God does not forget us or leave us. No. Um, Shuey, um, I hadn't thought about just that connection to your dad and some of the people that you have worked with here too, and how those things kind of, kind of connect. Uh, I know I'm rambling a little bit, but I'm just, I'm enjoying thinking about your dad and looking at the way your eyes sparkle when you talk about him. He was a cool dude. He was um, he was a very strict dad. And I might not have enjoyed it at the time. I can say that in all the years growing up, even when I got to be married, I never heard my dad say a bad word. The only time I think he probably might have was after trying to teach me algebra because my dad was an aerodynamic engineer. He worked out at the Space Institute um, on uh, in the wind tunnel, you know, for the rockets that go up and he could not teach me algebra so i know he probably went out in his workshop and he might have hammered away or said a million things but i never heard one he, he was always patient and kind but i could tell he was exasperated yeah that's funny so you told me about what you witnessed um and you know people talk a lot about growing up as preacher's kids or pastor's kids and the bad things. I'm not going to lie. That is a thing that terrifies me because I've got two kids and you know what I do for a living. But your experience is a good one, it sounds like. And one of those kids that is in my group of eight is the preacher's daughter. Yeah. And we're, we're very close. And she lives in Maine and has ever since she got out of college. But, you know, we're all still really good friends. And sometimes there's four of us girls that meet and for the weekend and, you know, just reminisce about church and our church friends and, you know, growing up in the church. And I know the um, the the couples that were our leaders, like, say, on Sunday night or Wednesday night, they had young kids of themselves. But it was nothing for 
one of those teachers on Sunday night after church to say, or our choir director saying, hey, do you guys want to come over to the house? And we might have only had peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. That might have been all they had. But they, you know, talked to us. They fellowshiped with us. And we were just a very close-knit family, all of us. It was like all of the couples in the church were were teaching us all the time, you know, and loving us as kids, not just our parents, but, you know, they showed us that kind of love, too. And when my dad passed away and I talked at his service, I really had a chance to address that because there's still a lot of people in the, the church that are still alive, you know, and still go there and and uh, how much they meant to me and, and to what kind of person I've become because of them. You know, not just my dad, but all the leadership in the church. And sometimes it's not about having a, a paid staff role or a title on the bulletin. Yeah. It's it's just about being the sort of person that says, do you want to come over p- for PB&J? And I think come over for PB&J is a really lost art in 2023. Because, you know, if, if I'm going to have you over, just to be honest, what I've, you know, we're going to make sure the house is clean, going to make sure the kids are good, the laundry's done, the dishes are done. We're going to try to serve you something that's good to eat and and we make it this big production. But you know what? Leslie and Caleb were out of town last night. Do you know what Katie and I had for supper? Uh, we made pastaroni. Uh, we had an uncrustable from the freezer. We had some cereal. And we ate raw cookie dough. <laughs> because that's what you do. Sure. You know, it's not that I can't cook a meal. I do. But it was special daddy Katie night. So it was, mm-hmm. it was just... And so sometimes when we when we do church stuff, we try too hard to make it good, and that actually keeps it from being great. Right. Um, it's the just spare the moment, spur of the moment thing, you know, that you ask somebody over or yeah, you know, and and these young couples, you know, it's like you say that they might not have picked up the house or washed all the dishes from Sunday dinner, but us, you know, we we didn't care. It was just a. We cared that they loved us enough to have us over. You know, it was just going somewhere different. We might have only stayed an hour, yeah. you know, but it was still a, a lot of fun and it meant a lot to us. And, and it brought us together more as a family. Absolutely. So if, if you're listening to this, here's your challenge. Do something messy. You know, don't pick up the house perfect before everybody comes so that you give them permission to be real too, you know. So Donna, tell me, you came from a place of faith and you have been in and around faith your whole life. How has your faith changed over the years? Well, I'm a, as um, like you talked about, you know that you were going to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, regardless of, you know, you never got asked. That was just something that you did. Um, I might not have taken it really seriously you know because you were there and and you're learning even though you know you might not think you are you know you're retaining and then as I got older it became more important to me the things that I learned and it came became important to me that I was a part and I was because I've taught four and five year olds really my whole life you know, in the church system after I got married. And um, and I've always been involved in activities. Um, when my kids 
were here in the church that we went to in the youth group. I went on mission trips and I cooked. I was the cook for them along with other ladies. And, you know, um, and I might say that um, even if you have to go to church by yourself, even if your spouse, whichever one doesn't want to be involved, you can still go and serve and do a ministry because you'll have other people there that will love re- you regardless if you come with or without a spouse. That yeah. does not matter. Yeah, just come anyway. Just come anyway. Uh, what helped you go from that time period where you didn't take it as seriously to where it became more important to you? Do you, do you have any idea what happened there? Was that just... I grew, that up. <laughs> I grew up. I uh, grew up. You know, when you're young and carefree, kids that are young, you know, some of them have such stress in their life. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, they're kids. What what stress can kids have? But I know there are stress now. We didn't feel that. I didn't feel that growing up at all. I don't know if it was just the time of the 60s. You know, it was just a, yeah, we a like more carefree stressed out, you know, carefree time riding bikes and having fun and, you know, going to the swimming pool. And, um, but as I got older, you know, that care, when you get married, that care, cause I got married young at 19 and then you, you have to grow up, <laughs> you know? And, um, I was always in a church that did a lot of, um, service and community things and and I just always wanted to be a part because of what I'd been taught you know and it just it held on it held on in my mind Uh, so I just wanted to be more of a part of it than just going and enjoying it I wanted to be the doer there's a difference between sitting and watching and being on the field and doing actually doing and it it's so much better I wish when the preacher says it, it always sounds like I'm trying to get volunteers, like, you know, like I'm trying to get it because I need it. And I mean, there's some truth to that, but religion works better the more in it you are. Um, you know, it just, it's not the same to sit and watch a sermon as it is to go and teach one. Right. And the helping, like helping in Waverly, and I didn't do it a lot, but the times I did, I was so rewarded and, um, and, you know, um, one of the organizations my dad used to do before he started going to different countries was um, working for the Home Mission Board. And he went around and talked to different churches about the things that the older generation who can't go to the foreign countries, how many opportunities they there are right here in your own community to do. And so that's what he would talk about. And because um, you might not know how many different things there are that you can be involved in. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. And there's so much good. And I think sometimes in church, people think the only thing I can do is teach a kid's class. And if I'm not good at that, uh, Donna, I do a lot of things at church, but teaching four and five-year-olds is the most terrifying thing you could describe to me. You know, <laughs> that that is the last thing I want to do. Um, but there's just, you can do amazing kingdom work with a chainsaw. Um, yes. And with a spatula. And with, and a, with a mop and a broom. And I don't know anybody who's not talented enough to operate a mop and a broom. I mean, I know some people who can't anymore or have some physical limitations, but, you know. What's something you've learned about God in your story that you just wish everybody got? 
I think that he's always, you might not always see him like, <clears throat> I think back like when my dad um, got Alzheimer's, like, you know, he's worked for you his whole life. <laughs> and this is how he ended up. But then the God thing was the thing that my dad remembered most about his life, what he loved doing, what he put first in his life was knocking on doors and telling people about Jesus. And that was the memory that he was left with. So God is still at work no matter what. Never give up on that. Never give up. Even if he doesn't do what we want him to, he's still. Exactly. Absolutely. Well, Donna, thank you so much for sharing with us today. Uh, Friends, thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed our time together, I hope that you will share this with a friend because uh, if not, Donna and I just had a lot of fun, but I think it'll be uh, more fun if you share it with someone else. The show is free anywhere you can find your podcast. And if you don't mind, leave a review because that helps other people find this too. Uh, Until we meet again, I can't wait to see what God is up to in your story. Thanks for listening to Rough Drafts. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. While you're at it, help us spread the word by leaving a rating and review. Until next time, let's keep looking for how God writes his love into our stories.